0: This is the DVO Podcast.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, it has been far too long. Welcome back to the newly refurbished, rebranded, in high definition, DVO Podcast. We are your hosts, DVD and the other guy...
2: A vengeful one.
1: Yes. Today we have two very special guests on our show. We have Punisher and Kanation. How are you guys doing? Excellent.
0: Doing awesome.
1: Great. It's good to have you guys. Um, what are you guys been up to for the day, just to, to set the mood? Just work
3: for me. Tried to get it done early so I could uh, hop on here and be interruption free. Ah,
1: smart. What about you, Kanation?
0: Drinking my coffee this morning and playing <sighs> champions.
1: How many cups of coffee is that for you?
0: Only three this morning.
2: <laughs> Only three. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess maybe we'll jump a little forward. How many cups of coffee is it during a feud? None for me. Oh <laughs> I sleep.
0: <laughs> are, are, are we talking a 24 or a 48?
2: Let's say 24.
0: Probably at least eight.
2: Oh my god.
0: Maybe Jeez. more.
2: Okay, Did... so clearly that is the secret to your success. <laughs> that's why the fingers go so fast. Anyway.
1: <laughs> do you even sleep at all or take a nap?
0: Uh for twenty four hours usually not, but that's been changing and forty eight hours yes I do.
1: Okay smart she used to she
3: she didn't always do that i've been yelling at her to actually get some sleep you know she's up by like five million points in the number one spot i'm like why don't you go to sleep (laughs)
1: like i can't
3: and then she does this calculation in her head like if i sleep for three hours i might lose the lead or
1: something like that i'm like good god (laughs) yeah she's a beast she's usually like number one or number two right Uh, she's exactly where she wants to be if she's number two it's because she wanted to be I like that. Wow. Okay, Kanishin, I see you. I see you. So getting into your past um, of what interested you into being a wrestling fan, exactly how were each of you introduced to, I assume, the WWF since that's everyone's entry point?
3: Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go first for these. Um, and we talked, Nat and I talked about this yesterday. Her uh, her journey story is actually much more interesting than mine. So that's why I wanted her to go second on that one. So I'll just go first for all of them. So, you know, my, I don't have an exact moment where, where I started watching it, but it was, I know just when I was very young, probably four years old, maybe even younger, I was watching with my dad because my dad used to watch it all the time. And of course, he used to watch it when he was younger, so he knew the really, really older generation. But I grew up with like uh, Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man, Steamboat, Mr. Perfect, those guys. And I, I do I do have fond memories of when I was a kid. One was my mom took me to a wrestling event. I don't know what it was. Of course, when I was a kid, I told everyone it was WrestleMania, but of course it wasn't. <laughs> and, uh, it was it was some weird wrestling event that you know Hulk Hogan was there and it might, might have been a pay-per-view it might have been you know a bigger pay-per-view but at the time i had no idea but it was the main event was Hulk Hogan and Macho Man and i remember i was at the rail you know i think i, I don't think my seats were at the rail but i ran to the rail when Hulk Hogan came out because of course he was my idol back then and you know you try to give him high five or whatever so he ran by and then the next guy out was Macho Man and th- there was a curtain at the time you know there wasn't this big you know, display they have where they kind of go backstage and it's just all these lights and stuff. It was just a curtain. And the curtain yeah. was partially left open. I remember looking back there and seeing Macho Man like flipping out. He was pissed about something. Wow. And he was running up and down. He was flipping tables. And I don't think it was part of the pay per view. I think it was, you know, something personal. He was pissed about. <laughs> and I remember, you know, just seeing that like, oh my gosh, look at him. And everyone's, you know, I can kind of see it back there. Anyway, they came out and the result of the match was, uh, like uh, probably disqualification because the ref got hit with a chair, and you know Macho was a heel at this time.
1: Right, right. So,
3: so it was, uh, it was actually pretty cool. That was my one of my fondest memories. So beyond that, you know, I can remember everything back to uh, the N.W. You know, when when the guys went to N.W.O. You know, mm-hmm. all that stuff is is just etched in my brain. So that's kind of my story about that.
1: And what about you, Kanation?
0: Well, you were wrong. Mine is not from the WWF.
2: Ooh, um,
0: oh. I was born in Calgary. So the Hart Foundation or the Hart family owned Stampede Wrestling. Uh, that was a local production that they used to wrestle oh, yeah, that's Stampede Corral. And it was a weekly program on TV that was broadcasted. So it when I was really, really young, used to be on Saturday morning. So me and my brothers, after watching cartoons, uh, Stampede Wrestling used to be on. And I remember the announcer was my, uh, the one that used to always call the Flames Games, Calgary Flames Games. Mm -hmm. And uh, it had all the wrestlers. And that's when I first got into wrestling. And then of course, when WWF, I would watch that as well. But it it's all started with Stampede Wrestling.
1: Awesome. Were the, um, all the hearts on Stampede Wrestling or only like a few of them?
0: At the time, only a few of them. But they all made their start there, basically.
2: Oh. Who was all in there at that time?
0: Oh, boy, I was so young. But <laughs> Stu Hart used to wrestle... Uh, you had the heart, uh, Owen Hart, Brett Hart, like all the Hart family did start Anvil there. Um, oh, wow. lots of them, Davy boy. So many of them that trained in the dungeon, mm-hmm. that's where they, and they used to do the local show of the stampede wrestling and WWF bought it way back when for one year. And then they ended up selling it back to the Hart family.
1: Do they still have the stampede videos on the network or did they take them down?
0: I don't know if they're on the WWE Network. I know that you can find them on YouTube.
1: I think they were on the network, and then Brett um, sued them because he wasn't getting paid for it. So I don't know if they're up or down, but I should check it out if they are. Okay so from your stampede days or just your younger wrestling days are there any wrestlers you identified with personally like their gimmicks or their real life story or anything of that nature
0: uh, maybe not when i was young i think
1: mm-hmm.
0: i think this is a tough question because I, I didn't i don't really know i think if anything maybe when trish when the first woman that i really was wrestling at the time i mean she was shown to be a sex symbol in the beginning mm-hmm. but that's not really what she wanted to portray um she was a nice person and humble person but she was also a badass in the end and she did never gave up to keep honing her skills and keep getting better and better and better
1: right okay what about you um punisher
3: yeah, I, kind of the same way. I, I don't really identify, so to speak, with anyone. But uh, there is someone that I can relate to, um, and I think a lot of people can relate to, is Shawn Michaels. And, you know, he he used to be a dick. He used to be a, you know, a druggie. And, you know, he performed it great. You know, everything was kind of second base to where he was in the ring. You know, he was always great there. But, you know, he had demons. And he faced them and he won. Which, you know, in, in whatever way you can face your demons and win, that's a huge, huge success in life. And you know, ev- I think everyone has some form of demons in their life that they have to face and, and conquer and overcome. And, you know, just him doing that. And actually, he had a book about it. And uh, I, I listened to the audio book because I travel a lot for work. And it's it was actually pretty cool how we did it. And it's, uh, you know, it's a story for, for another time. But, you know, I, I think a lot of people can relate to that, especially me. Um, or at least in my life, especially me, I faced uh, a few demons in life, and you kind of you kind of have to face them and, and kick their ass, really. So it was uh, it was he was an inspiration really to me, and and he's always also my favorite wrestler, so it kind of goes hand in hand with that.
1: Okay, when was your first time actually witnessing Sean?
3: My first time was probably still when he was with the Rockers, and at that point, I was like, oh, you know, another tag team. And I didn't really care for him. It's 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 not until he separated from Marty Giannetti and became HBK, you know, that I started to like him. He was just you know, with the Rockers, he was cool, he was fun to watch, he was high flying, and then I, I mean that barbershop scene is obviously everyone that's a wrestling fan knows what mm-hmm. that is. And just how perfect the kick was mm-hmm. and when he sent him through the glass, everything looked perfect. And when he ripped the piece of paper, and it ripped perfectly to only show him. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was almost <laughs> like they shot that scene over and over until they got it perfect. I don't know if that's what happened, but that was such a perfect heel turn. It's probably the best heel turn I've ever seen in my life. But th- I definitely remember that. And then his gimmick all the way up. I mean, you-, you could almost see that he was a rising superstar as soon as he separated from Jannetty. And, you know, he got sensational share. He has his, uh, has his manager. And she sang his song, <laughs> which, was, <laughs> yeah. which was awful at the time. But, uh, it, you know, it, it's just his growth. And and, and then I, I found out at the at the end, you know, probably some odd years ago, that he was going through uh, all these addictions to painkillers and drugs and all that. And mm-hmm. I had no idea. And I'm sure a lot of people had no idea watching him because he was always so fluent in the ring. And, every, yeah. and his promos wow. were just perfect. And everything was great. And it's like, man, he was he was going through this addiction, and then you hear these stories from uh, from his buddies, like like Scott Hall and Nash and and uh, Triple H and X Pac, how like he would he would literally just go to his hotel room and pass out from painkillers or drugs or whatever. And then I mean, it's it's hard to believe that he was going through that, and then how poetic he would be in the ring. So. Um, yeah, my, my fondest memories of him were definitely the the barbershop, and then the latter matches with Razor. Those were I've, I've watched those over and over and over again. The Iron Man match is one of my favorite matches, just because it was perfect. And Nat's favorite wrestler, or one of her favorite wrestlers, is Bret Hart. So we love to go back and forth on those
2: two. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna um, take that on that one, but <laughs> yeah, 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 no, I I, um, I actually started uh, I'm, I probably should be way ahead of where I actually am but a, a couple of years ago when the network came out I started watching like WrestleMania 1 onward and oh. um for a while there I missed a bunch but uh or I I didn't actually watch any but uh, I just recently rewatched the Iron Man match for the first time since whenever I watched it as a kid and um it's it's just amazing to me to see two guys that can a even perform for that long b make it engaging i didn't look away i mean that was mm-hmm. 60 plus minutes of not looking away it was that yep. good and c to be, actually be able to tell a story throughout that entire duration i i i struggle to think of like who could put on a match like that today maybe seth rollins and aj but I mean, <laughs> it's, it's exactly it's exactly the two, only two that. that i could think of that could i mean rollins has proven that he can go 60 minutes yeah you know and um but i mean that would be i i don't i mean do you think we can see anything like that again
3: not like that just because that was the first and it was literally two living legends and i don't think anyone will ever live up to Shawn michaels or or bret hart's status um ever again just because i mean it was in an age where, you know, Attitude Era, and it was just in an age where wrestling wasn't, you know, so known. You know what I mean? Where, mm. where everything's on social media now. There were spoilers, and everyone knows how horribly fake it is, and, yeah. you know, the spots are just not what they used to be. So, no, I don't think we'll ever see something like that. Now, can someone put on that match? Yeah, the two you mentioned, absolutely. Um, That's, that's funny, because when you said that, those are the two names that came to mind for me, too.
2: Yeah, and, and in the chat here, Rev says balor or brian probably could kind yeah he says cena and aj i could definitely see cena and aj um yeah i mean although i don't know with balor i love balor i love watching him but at the same time i don't know if i don't know if i've seen enough moves that would go 60 minutes with him brian point could. yeah um i mean health aside i don't know if he's capable just yet but uh yeah i mean it's interesting like you said it's it's not the same environment around the match that it used to be, and um, it's uh, to me it's another topic. But I, I think it's it's just a pity that so much of it is spoiled these days because of um, you know all the information that we have. I I miss the days where when heel turns happened or people showed up from another promotion. It was just a complete shocker, you know. And nowadays, I eh. try it's not go ahead it's funny you're watching you know a show like whatever is
3: raw or whatever and uh, like a brand new guy shows up like that's supposed to shock everyone and then you, they cut to the crowd and people have signs already. oh started. i
2: hate that yeah. yeah i hate that at least pretend like nobody knows on <laughs>
1: I try not to view spoiler sites before pay per views. If it's like weekly shows, I really don't care. But, you know, like Royal Rumble, when you have those surprise entrants, I like to be ignorant of who's going to show up.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, like the when Ronda Rousey made her arrival, I was, I wanted to be surprised for that. Like that would have been a holy shit moment, but it wasn't. <laughs> so, no, it was. it completely. <laughs> completely lost its its charm. But anyway. Um Yeah, Kyle kind of just said AJ was a total surprise.
3: I agree. I, I did not expect to see him ever in WWE. That's true.
2: That's true. But to me that was also because I that was before this game for me and I didn't talk wrestling with anybody. Like yeah. no sites, no YouTube, didn't talk about it. So I I was able to kind of maintain my own surprise that way. But yeah, that was uh that was pretty awesome. Um so, Connection. what are some of your favorite uh, Bret Hart matches?
0: I don't know if I have any favorites. The one I, I really dislike would be the Montreal Screwjob. Of course. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I l- I've always loved every match he did. Um, I don't have any favorites. I always thought he was a great technician in the ring. And, and I always just, maybe it's the hometown thing, but uh, I always admired him.
1: Quick, yeah, like, think... sidebar question. I don't mean to cut you off. Would you say that Bret Hart is a better technical wrestler than Benoit? Yes. Okay. What about you, Benchville? Because I know he's your favorite.
2: Um, yeah, I would say so. Um, it, I think what amazed me about Bret, especially now that I go back and watch some of his old matches, was... Uh, just the variety of opponents that he could face. Uh,
1: you know, he could
2: have an incredible match with Shawn Michaels. Mm. He could have the little guy versus big guy match with Diesel and actually make it believable. You know, he could go up against The Undertaker. Mm. Um, you know, Yokozuna. Like, Got it. It, it was just incredible that how he could adapt and still, you know, be able to sell everything that they do, uh, still be able to you know get his offense going and then of course as far as uh, there were a few matches of his that i really really enjoyed obviously the 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 austin match from wrestlemania was iconic um but also the match that they had at survivor series was just uh i think it was before that was just much more of a technical masterpiece in my opinion and and uh but also i think it was like one or two survivor series before that where he, he beat diesel for the title um again it, it's just it it's hard i'd be hard pressed to you know find somebody that could um you know just as easily fight let's say uh um in this day and age daniel bryan that could also take on uh roman reigns that could also take on braun Strowman, you know and still mm-hmm. uh make it look somewhat believable rollins could yeah rollins could rollins <laughs> is amazing he really is <laughs>
3: Yeah, I think uh, I think Brett even made Sid. What uh, Sid? I think his name was Sid Vicious or Psycho Sid at the time. I don't remember yeah. what his name was at the
1: time, but I think he even made him look good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's a feat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <it
1: is. laughs> Man, I feel left out of the loop because I didn't really have access to that era of WWE. So I'm basically going by your guys' uh, nostalgia and knowledge of it. But I, I have no excuse because I have the network. So I was just telling Vengeful that what we should do for the podcast is have the people we are going to interview give us like a recommended watch list um, of their like favorite matches or whatever. So that way I can have a some sort of inkling or clue as to what is going on or like the inside workings of your mind of why you like this wrestler or why you like wrestling. So yeah, this is some worthwhile watching. I gotta do now with Bret Hart. I mean, yeah. really,
3: I think everyone on here can agree. There's no bad match that Bret was ever in, or, or really even Sean was ever in. The, both those guys can, <clears throat> they can carry their opponent and they can carry the match. So really, I don't think there was. I mean, there probably was a bad match somewhere along the line, but well, <laughs> probably most of them are good. Especially the ones where they're mid, they they were mid card guys. Um, mm-hmm. you know, rewind oh, yeah. all the way where they're going after the IC title um those were the really good matches that no one really
2: ever talks about oh absolutely yeah,
0: I completely
2: agree I, there was one match that Brett had against uh Jean-Pierre Lafitte whatever uh his <laughs> gimmick was at the time you know the pirate and uh and I remember watching that from I don't remember if it was like an in your house or something from like 94 90, maybe early 95 and I remember watching that going wow this is such a waste of Bret Hart's talent <laughs> You know to have him on a pay-per-view against this guy, but then it was a great match and Again, it just proves the point that And Sean was the same way like I don't remember a bad Shawn Michaels match I really don't and um, it, It's an art it's an art and there's very few guys in this uh, Era I think that can do that, but thankfully there are a few and I just hope that they continue to get pushed Rollins being one of them Kevin Owens yeah, love Kevin Owens.
3: Yeah, Owens is awesome. I like watching him. I, I love that uh, Owens and uh, Rollins match. I think it was two weeks ago. That was uh, that was a surprise to see.
2: Yeah, yeah I mean, it uh, to tell you the truth, I th- I think there's probably a few guys that have that potential, but as long as they keep pushing guys like Roman yeah. Reigns, to... <laughs> Roman Reigns, when Reigns,
3: turn, he, when Reigns turns heel. You yes. tell me you don't want to see him and and then Rollins go out in an Iron Man match.
2: He's so much better um, as a heel. Oh absolutely. Yeah, you know what? It, yes. I mean I I would just for the novelty of it, but for at the same time, it limited movesets can only take you so far.
0: I agree hundred percent. So,
2: very true. Very I
3: was Nat and I were talking during a Raw, I think two weeks ago. And I, and I, when I, when it was when uh, Roman was paired with Rollins, and I said, Oh my god, this is it. This is how they're gonna turn him. They're gonna get them like super best friends again, and they're going to yeah. have Reigns play on Rollins, because Rollins right now is the ultimate face. Everyone is in love with that Everyone dude. I don't think there's a guy, guy or girl that would boo him um, because he's, he's you know, he's good at all around. So turning, turn you know, making uh, Reigns go off on Rollins, and then feuding those two oh, in, perfect, like, a really perfect. heated feud. I mean, yeah. they kind of screwed up the first way around because Roman was off on his uh, – Thing and and Rollins came in and took the title, and then they didn't do anything with those two. At least I don't think they did. I don't remember doing anything. So I think they could really run off with a good feud as long as Roman is a believable heel. You know what I mean? Like oh, he yeah. can't, when he turns heel, he can't be the, the whole, uh, you know, I run this house or whatever. He, he's got to be a believable heel. And like, you know, the perfect heel right now this is Elias. The guy's hilarious.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just
3: trashes the crowd. <laughs> it's just funny but something like that I think uh I think if WWE books it right they could they could really turn in a good feud with those two.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So speaking of um limited move sets carrying an iron man match. Did Hulk Hogan ever do an iron man match?
2: God, no, there's no way. No. no.
1: You should sure I don't,
2: so. I don't even know how many other 60 minute iron man matches have WWE put on.
1: There was Rock and Triple H for sure. That's the only one I can remember, honestly.
3: Wasn't there a recent one? Or maybe I'm thinking of the women's. They did one, didn't they?
1: Did they? Oh, Sasha and um... Bailey. Yeah, that that was good. That was very good. But yeah, I was wondering if like telling a story in the ring as opposed to having like a vast moveset would carry a 60-minute match depending on what the story is. I don't know.
3: Yeah, it's, it, it's very odd because those two had such a ridiculous history. I mean, it sounded like they genuinely hated each other. I'm talking about uh, uh, Hart and Michaels. It sounded like they genuinely hated each other. Mm-hmm. But like you said, they literally told a story through that entire match, and I don't think today you can do that. But at the same time, you can put good performers in the ring and tell a wrestling, technical wrestling story. Yeah, agreed. But with any match, there's got to be you know the headlocks to to rest.
2: <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> but it's it's a matter of who's gonna who's gonna pull off these moves. You know who I'd like to see in a in a in a Iron Man match. It sounds stupid, but I would like to see Shane McMahon in one.
1: <laughs> really? Against who?
3: I I don't know against uh, I don't anyone that would that would be good. I mean Kevin Owens. I'd like to see that just because mm. I think McMahon had just. I know he's older and you know, he sweats profusely, but he, he does put on good matches There's not a lot of times where he's sitting there in a, in a rest move He he doesn't have a lot of those headlocks, you know, he always he always does something crazy um, I just think he'd be good an Iron match. I don't know why, but I just have always thought that
1: You know what?
2: I... sorry Bencho, go ahead Yeah, that's a creative answer. I, I would have never thought of Shane for that purpose, but I actually think he could a
3: Sixty minute hell in the
2: cell match. <laughs> I you, you, you know
1: why I could believe that what the hell he do? I could believe that because you remember that ambulance match he had with Kane like way back in the day? Oh yeah. Oh that was so good. And then his match he had with Angle at King of the Ring, I believe, where he got yes. suplexed through the Oh my god.
3: Yeah. That was insane. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Stuff like that. Like it's not what he could do, it's what he could take. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's
1: funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely Shane. He's the best performing non-performer, if you could put it as a category. Okay, um, why not, let's get into this game with the, um, what are your thoughts on some of the recent iterations?
3: Um, I, I mean, Hellmore is awesome. It's 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 a it's a breath of fresh air to the game, in my opinion. I honestly was getting very very bored, um, and not that I still didn't like the game, but it was just the same thing over the the, the tours every day or the uh, the uh, the limited time ones. Um, every single time, it's the same. Now they still are the same, but mm-hmm. at least uh, at least hell mode is kind of infused more interest in the game.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with Punisher. Uh, the hell mode is. Difficult and challenging, and it adds new life into the game. Um, so hopefully all these new ideas that we have been kind of seeing popping up on the videos that Lee's putting out comes into fruition and it all works out.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I at least didn't see Hellmode coming at all. I don't know if some people had some insider info or whatever that I was oblivious to, but it seems like it caught most people by surprise
3: what do you mean it's been coming soon for well over a year
2: (laughs) yeah you know that that was that was outsider info for sure (laughs) but uh yeah it was um i was i was worried about one thing whenever hell mode came out was the daily tours how the sheer number of matches that it would be yeah and i would say for sure without vip and being able to skip normal or or rather the auto clear especially yeah um i would probably just burn out even the first few days that, that first like auto clear didn't work until this week as as we we're recording it this is basically mm-hmm. finished one week of hell mode and um and just going through that every day i was like i'm enjoying the hell mode matches but i can't skip normal because you need those one star silver tokens mm. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. um you know and all that stuff but uh but I do appreciate now, at least, you know, as long as we're able to skip the easy stuff, um, the rewards are great. I mean, I mean, it it is right now, at least. As soon as four stars comes out, I'm sure we'll be like, oh, we need more coins, we need more tokens, more TP.
3: Yeah, that's that's my worry is that this is just ushering in four star, because I mean, if it is, that's okay, but they need to do a heck of a lot more to usher that in because. If say if they released four star in a month but didn't change anything else currently uh the only people that would be able to do anything are the big spenders True. and even them i doubt they even want to be spending more to do to do this because you know it's it's almost like starting all over so you got you got these three star gold guys that now have to go to four star and you need a ridiculous amount of coin tp and and tokens it's like Man, I just <laughs> I just maxed these guys out and had fun using them and now they suck again <laughs> Yeah,
2: yeah, and, and I think there'll be some fun with it as far as um, You know uh, what the guys that you already enjoy using are they gonna get a, uh, a four-star move that is uh, Gonna add to it or just be a like a whatever another throwaway move and you know their current moves that it just becomes more powerful or More interestingly, who are some of the guys that maybe we left behind at two stars that with Mm -hmm. their four star move become all of a sudden either really good or at least a very viable situational character that's worth uh, upgrading? Um, But like you said, just the, you know, we we dumped so many coins and tokens and TP into, you know, getting our, our gold roster to where it is. And now, like you said, it's kind of starting over. Um, I think it's going to have to be a balance of, uh, you know, how much can you, how much can they give us um, while uh, still obviously maintaining uh, their sources of profit? Because at the same time, like you said, I I know at least personally, you know, there was an excitement in the beginning to spend and, you know, get when those 1250 bags came out, for instance, there was that excitement of like, oh, we can actually get to three star gold. Um, I don't think it's the same this time. It's kind of like a, oh, boy, here we go again (laughs) uh, versus that excitement. Um, But I think it can still be done right, you know, as long as the costs are are within check in the current game economy.
0: I actually do hope they release the women first before they even think about doing four-star. And then hopefully, because you've noticed the gap starting to close that more people are getting three-star golds. So I think the longer we wait for the four stars at least more of the free to play or the people that spend very little can catch up yeah still and then we can all start working on the women when they do release that and then hopefully when the four stars do come out because i think if a four stars come out now the gap's going to be too huge between the spenders and the people that barely spend or the free to play
2: i'm inclined to agree yeah well because especially um you know you look at the gap between let's say silvers and golds when basically the only people that had golds were the ones that were buying 1250s um that was a significant gap but if you look at it between you know the the original gap between the two-star goals and the three-star bronze um you remember when that was a thing like oh you know this person's only good because they did a bunch of mega pulls and they were able to pull these three-star bronze characters because the the move damage and the gem damage is so drastic between Two star and three star, mm-hmm. I would anticipate it's going to be similar this way. I mean, what if all of a sudden, you know, instead of like a hundred and six thousand health, you know, uh, like a trickster is now one hundred and fifty, like that's a big jump, right? If move damage that used to be, you know, fifteen thousand is now forty five thousand, that's a wow, jump. yeah. So, you know, uh, hypothetically, but still, it it's got to be it's got to be done in a way that's obviously doesn't let like you said, Davey, let people feel like they've been left behind, but uh, but still gives the the people on the forefront that want to push their rosters the fastest give them something to work with.
1: Yeah, Kneishan, what would your um integration of the women into the game look like?
0: I think if they release some in the premium pools, hmm. so you can have the free ones. They're free to play that can actually pull them um, and then as well as you'll have your special uh, mega pull but i think if they slowly do it in that sense
1: mm-hmm.
0: then i think that's a great way to integrate it okay. and give out of course your one free one
1: yeah at one star bronze <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hey, as long as they have a you know a six dollar pack to get the two star fuse. <laughs> <We did that. laughs> I, I gotta say though, the what did you guys think of the the Jeff Hardy event or the Hardy event in general?
3: I thought it was fun. Um, I mean, it, it was long, uh, but it was frustrating because it seemed like every single person pulled uh, Matt at three star, and it drove me nuts. And I never got him until the end when I got for the prize, but. <laughs> Um, other than that, you know, it was, uh, I got extremely lucky with Jeff and got him three star silver on one pull, which has not happened for a very long time. Wow. So I took him gold uh, really, really fast, and I was able to do those tours quickly, and, and it was fun using them. And honestly, you know, I, I have kind of a flavor of the week with, with a lot of new guys, and I use them and use them and use them, and then I get sick of them. So right now, I haven't used Jeff for, you know, unless I had to for a long time because I'm sick of him already yeah. but, from all the but, tours. Yeah, for all the tours, but, uh, you know, it was it was good. I like the rewards you get for the milestones. I think the milestones go a bit too high because, obviously, that top one, I mean, only people that pay a ton of money are going to get it. I mean, let's be honest. the I think I, I mean, I didn't pull any chair bags, so I think I maybe spent 20 bucks on on maybe to get some more tokens to evolve a guy but that's all i spent and i still finished you know 150 something
1: wow so it's not
3: bad but to get to that very top milestone you have to pay money and you know it's i don't think that's right they should be able to have everyone be able to get there now of course a lot of people don't have the coin or tp to do it right but if you can make it without spending money i mean it's kind of a slap in the face like huh, you're not going to get this unless you spend you know but yet here's all these things that you can do in between to spend also (laughs) right it's like it's a little bit annoying but hey you know i get it it is a business and they do need to make money but it's frustrating that they make that one literally only attainable if you spend money
2: yeah which i think is kind of silly because uh uh, in my mind, at least, milestones should be something that you, if you were proactive and saved and and grinded and all that stuff that, that is a prerequisite, that you should be able to achieve those mathematically. But like you said, those the, final milestone, at least uh, mathematically impossible to get to without spending. Mm-hmm. Um, but the leaderboard should be where, you know, people are more enticed to spend toward the top because the rewards are worth it. Um, and let's face it: if you actually paid and whatnot and got to that final milestone, yay! Two star gold, Jeff Hardy, <laughs> Matt Hardy. Like by then, a you either pulled him at three star, yeah, or you're so high on the leaderboard that you're gonna probably get the three star version or yeah. at least the two star gold version. Like, what's the point? It just is. Well, they actually a get to pick
0: a wrestler too, though.
2: Well, the top three on the leaderboard, but we're talking about the milestone for the individual. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, sure. Yeah.
2: So. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's prizes. I can't remember. That was the Brock Lesnar one, right,
3: Matt?
0: Uh, what did you say? I didn't get the first part.
3: Yeah, I said you got the top three in that one, right?
0: Yes, I did. Was it worth it? Nope.
2: <laughs> oh man, who did you uh, who did you ask for?
0: I picked Steele at the time because he was just released, oh,
2: and man. I didn't
0: pull him. Uh, but I regretted doing that event by the time I realized it was a spending event because initially it was shown to be a farming kind of grinding event. Right. And that I'm great for. Yeah. And then it and then it just kept going and where you had to spend money. Right. And by then I was too deep into it that there was no point giving up the top three. Uh. but then I still had to go all in. So I'll never do that again. Period, but I did get steel I guess but in the end it really wasn't worth it
2: yeah that that's especially that one because that was the first one we didn't know what it was en- gonna end up looking like
0: yeah so it was one of those things hmm. where initially it, it seemed like well if you grind it out and firm it out you know you're gonna do well and then it became the spending part I think the last three or four days
2: Yeah, I think they've definitely improved those quite a bit, but uh, just these collection events in general, I think each one's been a little bit better than the last, but I do agree this one, by the end of the second week, you're like, is this over yet? (laughs) So maybe if it was, uh, you know, one week or 10 days, I think that would probably be ideal. But why don't we rewind a little bit um, and why don't each of us tell you tell us a little bit about your journeys uh, Through the game uh, including let's say your first mega polls and the feelings that you had around that um, Your faction history just some of those big milestones for you
3: Yeah, uh, I'll go first on this one because like I said Nats is far more interesting than mine mine's mine's pretty basic so started off in a faction I don't even remember the name of um, and it was actually I started the day of WrestleMania last year, so I've, I've just, I just hit my year mark you know when last WrestleMania came around. but I kept seeing the commercials, so I signed up and went to some weird faction and just kind of played the game the, the tutorials and got the free guys. and the first thing I did was I bought the uh, the Andre starter or no no, not the Andre starter pack, the Undertaker starter pack. And was playing with him I was like, "Oh, this guy's not very good, and then Andre was a free character, so I ended up taking him. I leveled him up quite a bit, and I used him so one of the reasons everyone always asked me, "Who's your mistake?" and I really never had a mistake is because I used Andre so much. I used him for like everything, and then I also got lucky within like the first week or two. I did a single pull with some cash I had accrued from all those the missions you do mm-hmm. and I uh pulled three star Brock Lesnar powerhouse on one pull. And now at the time I had no idea how lucky that was. Wow. I was just like, oh, cool. Brock (laughs) Lesnar, you know, one of my favorite guys. So, so I, so I used him a ton and I would level him up. So I got really, really lucky between, you know, seeing how good, I mean, I, I know everyone got Andre for free at that point, but I realized, you know, he got the, he's, he has a choose move. So I was leveling him up quickly and then I leveled Brock up quickly. And I think Seth too, because he had a choose move. But, um, yeah, I, so I got extremely lucky. So then it was a it, – it's almost like it hooked me. I was like, oh, the the odds are so great, so if I spend some money, I can get all these guys. <laughs> so, of course, the next mega was – I don't remember who it was, but I did, like, two pulls, and I ended up getting Xavier Woods, who, who at the time was just another wrestler. He wasn't an MP trainer because they didn't have them yet. And Kofi Kingston, I got him and, you know, some other guys. But I uh, – I, I did not really spend a whole lot at the very beginning. I did a couple pulls here and there. Um, I do remember that um, I was at my daughter's track and field event, and we were just kind of messing around. And Finn Balor was the the uh, mega, and I did a pull while I was there, while I was waiting for her between events. And I got him. I was like, "Oh, cool!" You know, I was excited at the time because I knew it was a little bit more. You know, I knew the odds were were not that great. I was a little bit more. Um, uh, educated on the odds (laughs) so i was like happy but i honestly i didn't level him up and then one time in feud i faced the finn balor with the blue blue black i think moveset and i remember i was in venom and i I messaged coyote and our other leaders like oh my god finn balor's amazing (laughs) and i was like and i had had him unleveled like i gotta work on him i gotta work on him and then of course the trainers came out and they all became great but Yeah, my journey really is is pretty basic. Started with a, um, you know, a run-of-the-mill everyday faction. And then during a faction feud or after a faction feud, I looked at the standings and I saw... um, Oh, Kyle, remember, I think it was Vicious Venom. Kyle, Kyle was in it. And I said, oh, they look pretty cool. So I requested to join, and then they sent me to Vicious Venom 2, which was their feeder faction. And I think I spent... One or two feuds there, and uh, I scored well enough to move up to the main faction. And within a week or two, we merged with Creep Squad, and we became Creepy Venom. And uh, that was actually pretty fun. you know. At that point, I was just a little guy, and the guys, whoever was in Creep Squad at that time, I looked at as, oh, my gosh, these guys are phenomenal. They're They're powerful. They can beat anyone. I'll never get there. And we feuded with them. And a lot of our guys would get called up to creep squad. And I was like, oh, man, how lucky are they? They get the top prize and stuff like that. And eventually we broke off. So I think I became, I don't remember. I think I became leadership before we split off. Eh, Maybe it was slightly after. Um, And Kyle says, yes, so it was before we split off. But anyway, we split off because we were kind of just giving them our top guys. after every feud our top two guys would go to creep squad and we're just like you know we're really not doing ourselves any favors here You're Right. so we split off and made venom and coyote myself c noob big nelly were the main four there was other leaders in there um lay i don't know if anyone knows lay l-e-y uh we were the main leaders in there we got that we got that uh Oh, why is Kyle saying, um, did I forget somebody? <laughs> anyway, uh, we, we looked into developing feeder factions, and we built Venom into a really good faction. I thought it was an awesome faction. Uh, it just got to the point where I think maybe the top 20 guys were carrying the rest of the faction, and that's when I was, it was actually the powerhouse feud. Can you guys still hear me? Yeah. 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 Okay. What, what, what's going on in the
1: chat? <laughs> just, it feels like I said something wrong. Oh. I think it was when you <laughs> were did. listing people. You probably forgot someone. Or oh, no, they're just no, messing no. with yeah. you. <laughs> Who the hell did I forget? I said Paul. Oh,
0: I? No, oh, I thought
3: I, Kyle. I'm from bad I thought I said you. My bad. I was thinking of you the whole time. I thought I <laughs> said <laughs> you to run away. Yeah. <laughs> my bad. Uh, anyway, yes. Kyle, was, Kyle and Big Nelly, those two guys were actually... The two guys I, I gravitated to right away. Um, and Sinu, of course, but he was like the supreme leader, and he was hard to approach because he was a little intimidating at the time. But anyway, yeah, Kyle, my bad, man. I, I, I could have sworn I said your name. Um, you were you were the original badass in, uh, in Venom. But anyway, so we built Venom up to a, I think we were top five, top four, and then all of a sudden, so we did a powerhouse feud. I don't know if you guys remember that, where we could only yeah. use powerhouses. I remember that, yeah. And, I finished at like 2.3 million ahead of you know, and there was like 13, 14 guys that finished well above the rest of us. We still finished you know fifth or sixth, but I mean, and Kenation and Kyle and these guys can tell you I went off in the chat. I said, you know, what is everyone doing? You know, you're you're in the faction. We called you up for a reason. We we did all this work, and now Kyle can Kyle can attest. We absolutely did everything we could to get the best guys in our faction. We merged with a bunch of different, I mean, we did everything. So it was a lot of hard work. And then all of a sudden, you know, feud after feud goes by, and it's 13, 20 guys kicking ass, and the rest of them just mm-hmm. not doing anything. I mean, we're talking scores that are like 200,000, you know, 400,000. It's like, wow. Yeah. Do faction. If you're going to do four feuds and be done. So I went off in the chat, which I was just mad at that point, And and that will tell you this is when she first joined. So at that point, she probably thought I was a big dick. <laughs> but <laughs> she, uh, she, she at that and I'll let her talk about this because this is when she came in. Her journey is actually pretty, pretty interesting. But I'll let her talk about that part. But after that, I kind of got fed up with with doing that, and I wanted to be more with a faction that would everyone would would input their their intelligence and their efforts, and they would they would all come together as one instead of the top carrying the bottom. So I reached out to Reigns at the time and I said, Listen, I'm looking to make a change. And now now granted I'm a very, very loyal guy. Uh, for me to make a change, especially when I'm the leader, is is something that I had to think about for a long time. So I talked to Reigns. Um, I basically said, Listen, man, I I I don't know how much more I can take in Venom. And there's 20 guys that are that are doing exactly what they need to do but there's 80 that aren't doing anything, and I can't take it anymore. I can't lead these people when they don't care, you know. And I know it's a game, but like like we've said before, we all take it to a certain degree of seriousness. So I reached out to Reigns. I talked to Coyote, Noob, and Big Nelly, and said, listen, we need to get a group together and and see what we can do. And we came up with a list of 20 people and took them with us, and the rest is history, and that was one of those 20. And we've been in, uh, in Grim ever since, or I should say, Creep Squad, Grim Creepers, whatever you want to talk, and Kyle and myself have moved to leadership. Nat's um, now in leadership as well. And a lot of those guys that we brought over are still with us. So a lot of loyalty we brought with us. To so one person we lost, and I don't know if he will listen to this, I, I don't know how the heck we lost him. He's in execution now. Was, uh, and Kyle will know who I'm talking about immediately. Is Yeha, Shahabi. I don't know exactly how you say his name. But that guy was, he, he never spent on the game, but he did, he put in more effort than anyone. And I actually came up to Vicious Venom with him. her, and, Him and I were the top two feuders in Vicious Venom too, and we came up together. So I don't know how the heck we lost him. I've actually talked to him not too long ago, and he tried to get me to go to execution. I tried to get him to come to, <laughs> yeah. to Grim, you know, not you know, kind of backhandedly like, hey, it'd be awesome to feud again. That's what I said to him, you know, and he's like, "Yeah, you should come to execution <laughs> like uh, that bad well, <laughs> how the heck we <laughs> lost that guy, but he was the coolest guy, and he was such a hard worker, and it was really fun to feud with him, but other than that we we took you know what I would assume was the top twenty with us and made Grimm stronger, and the rest is history, so that's my story.
2: It's pretty awesome, it's pretty awesome, um I, I think going back to you know some of the characters that you you got, um, I think it's a little bit different than some of the common stories that we we've heard on this podcast about pulling megas. Um, you getting Brock Lesnar on a single pull. We, he was also my first mega pull as well, but uh, didn't come as uh, cheaply. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it seems like most people did like their first thirty pull, got the mega, and were like, oh, this is not that hard. And then you yeah, know the grim reality sets in <laughs> um but <laughs> uh but that that was that was pretty interesting that that's how it started or that you had finn balor on your roster and had no idea how good he was um and obviously became a lot better with trainers but um and also yeah come to think of it there were i had woods adr um wyatt well i guess everybody had wyatt but um I'm thinking those two specifically that were on my roster prior to trainers that I didn't. Or ADR was good even before trainers. I just didn't realize how good he was, Um, and I was like leveling other guys first. We we made some interesting choices in the beginning.
1: Um,
2: But yeah, uh, Kanishan, you want to tell us about uh, your story? We've been hearing the allusions to it being a good one.
0: When I first started out, I was in three factions, I think, in the beginning. I don't remember their names. I remember one was all Spanish-speaking, which was perfect because I never talked. (laughs) So that was okay. But all of the ones that I joined in the... And this was over three weeks. It wasn't anything long-term. I was trying to find somewhere to be that had active people in it. And then... So I left or I'd stay a little bit and realize it wasn't active, and then I'd leave and find another one. And then I came upon insane asylum at the time and they were a group that feuded which I liked but the only problem with them was that the leadership or whoever was designated leader at the time stopped playing so we couldn't add or kick out inactives at the time but there was a great I had great friendships with a lot of them so I remember I was quiet I never said anything for the first two or three weeks I was there and then we did a feud and one of the guys goes uh canation you want to join line chat with us and i was like okay i guess i'm not very talkative but for sure and so i joined the line chat with the group that was the first time they realized i was female and uh so we were there for a while until we realized that we kept having inactives that we couldn't get rid of So there was four of us or five of us that were really close. And so we made our own faction extreme asylum at the time and then moved all the actives over. And we didn't have really, kind of reminds me of the Tuvement rules Mm -hmm. where in a way where we weren't super competitive, we still wanted people to feud and put up points, but it wasn't you could do one feud and that was fine. You were just more to be a great faction member and heel and that kind of thing. Right. To the point where I I kept growing and I was a free to play player. I was grinding all the time and farming all the time. I just really loved to feud. And I I had gone to Japan and I took a two week break or two and a half week break. And the our faction... Didn't get into the top hundred when I was gone. I remember, and I came back and I did one feud. There was a feud right away, and I think I got five or six million in that feud. Good lord! Wait,
2: wait, wait. five or six million, and this is this is back before gold and all that stuff.
0: I had an eighty k roster.
2: Oh my gosh, beast!
0: So, So, I was I was frustrated. I was getting frustrated because. It was like, well, I'm doing all this and we can't we couldn't seem to keep growing in in a sense. It was like we were falling behind
1: mm-hmm.
0: because that I didn't want to put pressure on the group that they had to feud more because that wasn't really what the faction was about initially. And the leader at the time understood, you know, he he, he was kind of iffy me to go and I said well no I'm not gonna leave. I'm gonna stay and we'll keep trying this. So then the next feud happened. And I think I got 7 million or eight million seven 7 million, 7 million. And I, at the end of that, I think we got, again, 93rd or 95th. And he, the next day, he, he messaged me and he said, Nat, you got to go, you got to leave. And I was like, why do I got to leave? He's like, you got to leave. Uh, we're holding you back. You actually got to go and find yourself a different place to go, because you're you love to feud. That's not what we do. And eventually, it's, you're just going to get too frustrated here. It's just it's just not a fit for you anymore. So I completely understood that. So I hummed and hawed, and then finally I said, "Okay, well, I guess I'll leave." And uh, I had no idea how to. I didn't want to go into any faction blind because I still wanted I wanted a faction that was like my old one but more competitive, I guess, in a sense. Mm-hmm. So I was a crazy nut and I think I put in global chat uh, looking for a faction, 80k roster, 7 million food points, messaged me online and I gave my line ID and I went on every single world chat to put that message on. Having no idea that I, I thought you know maybe the top 30 or 40 faction would because I had no idea what the scores were like mm-hmm. I guess I was so sheltered that I didn't realize it was a good so I, my my line ended up getting bombarded Wow by messages so I but it was funny because I could weed out the ones I really didn't want to, the factions I really didn't want to go to right away because my goal was to interview the factions before I actually joined anywhere, I guess, in a sense. And Syke, I he was with Venom, and he was in their second feeder, I believe.
3: Yeah, he was a guy that, that I had personally never talked to. I think uh, Kyle may remember, but I think he was either in... Our, our, I think he was in our first feeder, in Venom's first feeder.
0: Yeah, so he ended up reaching out to me, and uh, he gave
3: me the... <laughs> says exactly, that's how unknown he was. That's why this is such an odd story that this person would message me about this. I mean, it's it's a guy that I had never talked to, or oh, it was Psych Coyote. I don't know if you remember the name, but I didn't know who he was. Anyway, sorry to interrupt, Nat, go ahead.
0: So he messages me and I, you know, I asked for the breakdown of the rules and what they were looking for and that kind of thing. And uh, he gave me the lowdown. He said, "Well, message message Noob." at the time, because he thinks, well, maybe you can go to Venom. But if you message him, then, you know, you and I said, I don't want to message anybody. I'm getting bombarded already with all these messages that were coming in. I was probably just going to go through those and make my decision. So I guess he ended up messaging Punisher at the time. And I was talking to Haven with Luda at the time, and I'm sorry, Luda, I really am. And I was talking to Luda at the time and a whole bunch of other factions. And it's funny when um, when you do do these interviews, you realize uh, like factions, some factions are just odd. I'm gonna tell you that right away. Uh, but uh, so I was getting really interested in in Haven. And it wasn't about rank. I actually didn't care about rank at that time. I just wanted to be somewhere competitive. That was a good fit. And then all of a sudden, Punisher messages me. And this would have been about 30 minutes later, I think. Um, And he pulls me in for this interview. So I have an interview with Punisher, Big Nelly, and Lei, I believe it was. And so he asked me to send him my roster. So I post my roster. It was really bad, by the way, and uh, and then I'm still talking to Haven on the side, and I didn't realize when I posted my roster that the Haven message came up from Luda, and Punisher makes a joke going, "Oh, you're talking to Haven too," <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I am," <laughs> and uh, and literally my my roster was I had six silvers, no six three star silvers, no bronzes, and everything was two star gold and below. And my six silvers were Kane, yes, Kane, Bubba, Alberta del Rio, Seth. I don't know, I had one from each class. But anyways, and I punished her kind of joked that how I felt, how do I like Kane at three-star silver? And I was like, oh, he's not bad. Um, (laughs) So I ended up saying, well, give me a minute, I'll end up deciding. And for some reason, I was really drawn to Venom. I really liked uh, their whole message and what their rules were at the time. So I ended up picking them. So I'm nervous, I I don't know anybody. And nobody was really talkative. I remember that, where they were talkative, but I was kind of like the outsider person. And so we do this powerhouse feud and I remember going, oh, my God, my first feud here is going to be a powerhouse feud. And uh, this is going to be silly. I'm trying to stay or prove that I'm, you know, able to compete here. And I think I ended up coming second behind Punisher in the end.
1: Do you remember what your score was? Pardon? Do you remember what your score was?
0: I think Punisher was 2.3, and I was like 2.1. It was okay. something like that. Okay. It was pretty close. And,
1: and she had
3: – her best guy was Wade Barrett. So what? It, it's not like she did 2.1 with someone good. Not, <laughs> not that he's terrible, but he certainly wasn't turn two, and I can't remember who the heck mine was. Mine was – it was either Brock or – must have been Brock. But So I had a decent guy, and she comes up with 2.1. So, yeah, that's how – everyone kind of that's how she kind of made her name in venom right away.
0: So then at the end of the feud we come fifth. So this is my first feud in venom. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's awesome." You know, I've only ever been, you know, in the 80s or 90s. So I'm thinking, "Oh, this is just killer great, you know, awesome." And uh Punisher just goes crazy on chat. <laughs> 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 and here I am excited I'm super excited that I got fifth um, and he's just going that's it you know and uh, I remember going oh crap well I'm not going to say anything I think I did say I thought we did well but <laughs> then I just left it so then I think it was literally I don't know Punisher you probably get was it two days after or three days after that uh, okay. I get this message from punisher saying we're leaving and i'm like we're leaving where are we going (laughs) well no at first i thought he just meant he and leadership was leaving and i send him a message and i go like seriously i just joined venom and you guys are all (laughs) gonna get up and go and now i have to go find another faction that was what i was thinking i was going oh no you know what am i gonna do and he goes no nat you're coming with us and i was like oh okay well that's but then i didn't actually want to go to creep uh punisher actually had to talk me into going to creep uh my from being from a low faction i mean you heard all the hype of of them being the cheat squad and that kind of stuff Mm, yeah and i didn't really without knowing again i want to make sure things are the right fit for me and and what i believe in and and this wasn't an interviewing. This was just me trusting the leadership to go here. Mm. So we we get there, and uh, I was in the third faction, creepy camp. And I remember messaging Punisher, and I was like, "I'm I'm not. I don't think I'm going to stay. I I actually hated it there. And that's just being truthful. I I was so I felt so awkward." I didn't. I barely knew anybody from Venom, because I wasn't there long. And I didn't know absolutely anybody from Creep Squad. And everybody kind of knew each other. So I'm, I said to Punisher, I was like, I'm in this third, I'm in the third faction. I have no idea what I'm doing here. I don't know anybody. I think I'm going to leave. And uh, I actually messaged Luda again, again, sorry Luda, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs>
3: He doesn't even realize how close he was to having you. I mean, maybe he does, but, and Luda's an awesome, awesome guy. But yeah, he, uh, he, he maybe doesn't realize how close he was to getting you twice. (laughs) Snubbed.
0: (laughs) So I messaged Luda again and I'm going, you know, we talked three weeks ago and I was going to come apply, you know, is it, would I still be allowed to come into Haven? And he said, yes based on your scores and that kind of thing. So I told Punisher, I said, I I think I'm going to leave. And he said, I forget what you said, you can't leave. I think Punisher said you can't leave. And I was like, well, yeah, I can. Uh, He said, no, give it a little bit. I'm gonna talk to uh, Super and Reigns at the time and I'll make sure you can at least get into creepy legends because you should be able to stay there because you can feud. And I thought, okay, well, I guess I'll give it a shot. Uh, So that ended up happening. And then I got called up into the main faction. I I actually didn't want Punisher to uh, make things happen. That wasn't kind of how I work, but uh, I wanted to prove that I could do stuff, Um, but I did. and, And he ended up talking to leadership and stuff. And I ended up getting called into creep squad for a few because they had lots of people that couldn't feud that that feud and i guess i never left and i didn't realize that he punisher was telling people that i would make a certain score and it, i ended up making it and i'm glad he never told me so and then i've been there ever <laughs> since so well, lot, you just, you just promised
2: was... that she would score something and didn't tell her what it was <laughs> no i did not i told super i said i guarantee she'll do 10
3: million and i did not tell her that and now, now, like she said, she did not, she didn't want to leave because she wanted to be in the top faction. That was not her intention at all. In fact, she kept telling me, stop trying to do favors for me. I don't, you know, I, I'm fine with it. Um, you know, don't, don't try to, like, push me when I don't, you know, I, don't, I haven't earned anything. And I literally, I had worked with her for, is this before or after I gave you all your homework assignments, Nat?
0: Homework? Oh, yeah. yeah. This is another story. So, um, for after, but it was that was after the feud was I think we started before the creep feud
3: oh okay like, so but so I, I after really
0: started on anything though
3: yeah so basically I recognized what kind of player she was because she was exactly like me she feuded like me she took the game seriously like me and she did, so i I kind of realized that you know she's gonna be really really good so we gotta get her up to we we basically have to keep her here we have to keep her in our family and i thought to do that i think we got to get her up to creep squad so she can see you know the vibe up there so i told super i said listen she'll do she'll do 10 million i guarantee it without telling her that and there was a lot of stuff i mean super and i and reigns and and gosh i don't even probably other leaders were going back and forth trying to find spots and in the meantime i was also trying to find spots for coyote and big nelly because those when we first joined we didn't have room it was myself and Noob, who went to Creep Squad right away, and all this time, my biggest worry was trying to get all these guys into the top faction. I said, you know, I, I told them all to come with me, and I'm not going to screw them over by leaving them in the bottom faction. So, anyway, it was it was a lot going back and forth, and I finally got I got everyone up who I wanted to get up, and then and including Nat. So, Nat comes up, does 10 million. In fact, over 10 million. Her first feud. <laughs> and finished, like, what, probably third, fourth, fifth in the faction? Something like, maybe maybe it was, I think I finished third, Super, and um, uh, I can't remember his name, the Michigan Wolverines guy, or I think it was a girl. I think she finished first, and it was like, and that and finished, like, fifth, and I was third, and, and Super was second, and, and, but anyway, she finished with over 10 million points, and so I remember Super's like, yeah, UM Wolverines, that's what Coyote just said, that's who it was. Um, Super's like, wow, yeah, she did it, so uh, she can stay. So basically that was that was her proving ground. So it, it kind of speaks a lot to her is she never asked for anything. Um, I never told her what we were expecting, but she – and still now she goes above and beyond anything she needs to do.
2: Yeah, that's pretty remarkable. I, I think um, it, it's hard to find in any either competitive uh... – sports gaming or at at the workplace or whatever people that are exceedingly good at what they do and exceedingly humble at the same time so it's pretty awesome to to hear that story and hear uh you know how basically you 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 just show up you do your job and uh let the performance handle everything for you yep exactly So, yeah, we
3: can, uh, Nat, if you want to touch on the homework, you can do that if you want, since that got got an uproar when I said homework.
0: (laughs) So I was very good at feuding, but because my roster was so low, so I had my wonderful six three-star silvers, which weren't really good. I think the only good one was ADR. And uh, so Punisher goes okay, let me look at your roster because I'm going to get you, you're fast. I'm going to get you faster. So I was like, okay. Because I, I wasn't as in-depth in, in depth with the characters in that sense and looking at the trainers. Yeah, I knew there was trainers and that kind of thing and I put them on, but I wasn't into, you know, you had to get them to this level and put them on this guy. I, it was beyond me at that moment. Um, so Punisher gets my roster and he goes, it takes him like five seconds, I think. And he goes, okay, this is your homework. And it was, and it was a list of three guys I had to get to gold and then their trainers up to 5k. And I looked at, I remember reading it and I'm going, okay, well, this is going to take me like two months. I was thinking, but it, it actually really helps. And ever since then, it's always been a list of something to do to make my, hey, Coyote, don't make fun of my three-star silver cane. It's going to be gold one day. And um, <laughs> and so ever since then, it's always been, I, I have a list of what I'm going to work on, and it's always been that I grind for it, I do it. and And he did. He made me faster, and I built my roster quite strong that it became I didn't have to work as hard, I guess, even though I still work hard, but it was just easier, let's just say.
2: That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's um, that's interesting. I don't think I've ever heard of the that homework concept. Like, okay, you have these three guys now, max them out and and max their trainers. Um, but I think it's really important to have goals in general, but in this game as well, where it's not just a matter of uh, making decisions based on some event or whatever the case may be, but really looking at the long term viability of your roster and and uh, doing what it takes to get there. Um. Because Kenation, I, I know you prior to uh, prior to understanding a little bit more about Feud myself, because it's not something that I've really uh, dived into until more recently. Um, as basically somebody that uh, has grinded for resources like crazy, um, you know, what's your XP right now? Your level?
0: I think I'm level two hundred and eighty-seven.
2: 287. So clearly you have bought all of your success. <laughs> yeah, 287. So, you know, I, th- I think that's um, and, and we've talked about this with uh, Compi as well. Like, I think people sometimes look at uh, players in the top factions that have big rosters and say, oh, they bought, you know, some people do, but not everybody. And the one area that you just have to look at to see how much work they put into this game is that, is that player level and uh 280 whatever speaks for itself it's incredible
3: yeah she it's it's unbelievable how much she grinds like like she was saying oh this is going to take me two months so i gave her this this list of stuff to do thinking all right she'll do this and in literally in two months i'll hear from her again you know so you know that i need more so a week later she's like all right i got my first gold (laughs) first three or something i'm like what (laughs) how did you do that so fast so it's not only, it's not only about grinding and doing this. It's, you know, I looked at her roster and she had every single person on her roster that she needed to be really, really, really good. I mean, she was already a damn good futer, And I, you know, like I said, I saw myself in her and realized, you know, with, with the roster that I have, if she had it, she would surpass me. And of course now she has, she's well beyond me. I can't, I can't touch her anymore. I mean, my roster's still bigger but she is so freaking fast and we always race in blitz um because that's kind of the truth we 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 light up the same lineup and we say go and i used to beat her i mean she can tell you, i used to beat her 9 times out of 10 and we just did it not too long ago and she beat me 3 3 times in a row and i literally was like i could not have gone any faster <laughs> How do you do that? Uh, well, okay, I, I it all on the Canadian uh, internet connection, it's obviously much faster than the American. But she channel.
2: must live next to one of the Scopely servers or something. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, this actually leads into a question I did want to ask. Now that I have you on the show here, Canadian. So uh, what was it? Two feuds ago or so. um You know, I'm. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm feuding now with execution, and I never get paired up with uh, with. You know, high level talent prior to um, you know more recently. When after moving over, and I was like, "Oh, top lane," and I'm going up against Kanation. This should be fun. <laughs> no, um. So you know, we uh, we message in the uh, the podcast lobby here, like, "Oh, we got paired up. Cool." And uh, it was was that the the nine man feud, or was that a five man feud? I, I can't remember now. Canation I
0: think it was a five man feud.
2: Okay, yeah, I think it was a five man feud. Um, and I'm, mind you, I have next big thing, Max Trainers and everything. He's clearing house for me left and right. I'm in my third match, and she goes, done. What? How? <laughs> <laughs> How did you do that? <laughs> right? And, you know, my, my roster's all, my feud roster's all gold, so it's not like there's any, you know, cakewalks in there. I'm like, okay, fine. And then um, we get paired up again the second time. Like, all right, let's do it again. I'm in my second match she's like sorry i'm done I'm Like, what, what do you mean you're done how are you doing this and by the third time it came around i think i managed to get into my fourth match before she uh she beat my roster i have no idea it must be either lightning fingers or incredibly fast internet or both but either way it's it's pretty remarkable
0: yeah i've never really known how to explain it it could be fast internet it could be lots of things, but I, I actually, and it sounds kind of crazy, but I actually see the possibilities of the cascades coming down. If that makes any sense to anybody,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, I
0: don't know, but I'll make moves that are not always the most obvious moves because there's potential for more in the cascades that come down. I know it sounds really weird, but.
2: No, it makes sense. I, I mean. Because sometimes you're you're looking at let's say, um, you know, you you clear a gem that's going to bring down a column, then there's like a one in six or one in seven, if you include the loot box chance for, you know, the like two gems to uh, to match with whatever falls into that spot. So um, that's definitely you know a part of it. But I think um, but I think it's also maybe you're also quicker at just looking at the entire board and analyzing. Uh, what's about to happen, because usually with turn two guys, you know, it's mindless. You just get the feeder color and and go from there, but um, but at the same time, you know, maybe maybe you're also just quicker at when the first board comes in to immediately see all those possibilities and not have to take that extra split second to think through. Yeah, I
0: kind com- of oh, go ahead. Go ahead. compare it to you're doing a word search. And there's people that need to really look at the word search to find the word, where you can look at the word search and it just pops right at you. It's kind of like that's what the boards look like to me, I guess, in a sense.
2: Hmm. So it's almost like you're you're not looking at you're not looking for specific gems, you're looking at the entire picture, and then those things pop out. Exactly. Whoa. Her her saying that reminds me of the scene in Step Brothers
3: where John C. Riley's character is like I look at the math problem and I just see the outcome. <laughs> and he's and the therapist is like, "Are you describing the plot of Goodwill
1: Hunting?" <laughs> <laughs> seen that movie? Yeah. And,
3: and he's like, "No, no, my best friend was Ben Affleck."
2: <laughs> well, I, I remember. I remember. Uh, actually, it reminds me one of the first Tim Ferriss podcast episodes. I don't know if any of you guys listened to that incredible podcast. Uh, it was one of the first ones where he was interviewing Josh Waitzkin, who's a uh, chess prodigy uh, as a child and and uh, grew up to do some amazing things in other areas, too. So he's a master of learning. But I remember one aspect because I was playing chess pretty heavily at the time. And uh, and he basically uh, said that he he's gotten to a point where it's not so much about looking at the individual possibilities of the moves because that's kind of what you do as you keep playing chess is you're you're looking at your move possibilities what are their move possibilities as a result of those and you're looking at all those different combinations and he said eventually he got to the point where he basically can look at the board and just get an overall feeling for what's the best route so it's it's a much higher level of playing and I don't know. I, I think it takes a, probably takes a level of practice. I've never thought about this game in that context, but uh, I might have to it would probably get it to be a little more interesting. Yeah, it's in a, in between... a set... Go ahead. No, I'm done.
3: I said it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it, in a sense, it's it's knowing. I always say it's knowing how to play without trainers, and using everybody. Right. And I found that built up the speed. Because if you're out of possibilities, you know how to work your way around it easily. Mm -hmm. So in in that kind of sense, um, I don't do that as much anymore. I should still be doing that because it's great practice. But uh, yeah, I just love playing without trainers. Ask Punisher. I'm cheap. I will never move my trainers unless it's for a feud. And I play with all my goals and that kind of thing. And I just do anything and I'll play without trainers because I find it makes you think more. And it does build up the speed, even though it may take you a little longer to finish a match. But it, it's great practice.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I think as much as um, as much as I think we all hate versus for some of the incredibly terrible cascades that you get against you to end your streak. Cool. Um, the fact that you are playing without props definitely helps. And I I I don't know if you remember a couple months ago there was that one mp trainer bug where your trainer would show up for the opponent and as a result of that um you know you could basically go into a match uh without an mp trainer and they wouldn't have their mp trainer it was almost like ha- playing versus without trainers and i thought that was so much fun because again it brought back uh your ability to have to think about how to get from point a to point b without just a single match. Um, it was definitely good practice. Yeah, I yeah do 100% that. agree. Now, I did want to ask you another thing, Knation, about farming. So there's this ongoing debate, as you know full well, and I think you know which side I'm on, of, uh, you know, let's, let's take the top three farming options. Obviously there's Callisto, which is probably the most uh, readily available to most people. There's Million Dollar Man with, you know, Woods and IRS. And then there's Seth Rollins with uh, Steel and Daniel Bryan. So what is your thought process behind what makes the best uh, farming setup?
0: I don't go by the amount of loot boxes because I think VIP changed that. And I never had Million Dollar Man. I do have them now. But I always think, you know, People hate to farm, or most people hate to farm. So, if you have tough and you have steel, the matches go within less than a minute. And you still get normally six to 13 loot boxes. And you're still getting, I think you're getting more bang for farming with tough and steel than even Million Dollar Man and uh, Kalisto. With Million Dollar Man, he's very good in verse, especially if you have a farming partner. But I think other than that, with the VIP and the extra loot boxes, it's tough to steel. There's no debate.
2: Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Punisher?
3: I mean, it's all about speed for me. So, yeah, like she said, you can get you can get a match in with tough really, really fast. But her and I always used to race to 50 TP when we farm together. It's basically, you know, we're on Discord and we say, all right, first to 50 blue wins. You know, wins nothing, but wins. <laughs> And I would always use Million Dollar Man. Now, this is before VIP, so it's a little bit skewed. But with Million Dollar Man, I would smoke her. I would get to 50 before she got to 30. But she wasn't using any health packs. I was. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. Um, Now, with VIP, you get the three or four extra loot boxes. And I I don't know, Nat, have we raced uh, with VIP yet? I don't think we have.
0: I don't think we have yet either. But I think Tough Steel would beat. A million
2: dollar man no problem. Well, I don't know if he beat him. Well, actually, he probably would because he's so fast. I think Um, you two need to have this competition. You better test it out. Yeah, we better (laughs) test it out.
0: We will test Um, it out.
2: Well, I only, you know, I don't know, not too long ago, managed to to get steel, and uh, that was really eye opening with the uh, with the tough steel combo. With the raw bonus and just being able to farm a lot of the um superstar hard mode matches like you said within seconds i was i was doing at least with whatever internet i have uh being able to go from the battle button back to the menu to hit the battle button again within (laughs) about 50 seconds so when you're able to do it that fast um i mean the odds are so low to hit the 5 tp and definitely the three star silver tokens right So when I look at it mathematically, uh, to me, it makes more sense to get as high volume as possible. um, Even if it's only three, uh, even if it's only the six boxes and and not the 13. Um, But I did find with VIP, this is obviously after VIP was out. um, I rarely ended up with three loot boxes and maybe never or almost never ended up with zero. Um, That said, I just got Million Dollar Man more recently with... uh, the faction loot and uh working him up and like you said for versus unbelievable like with a yeah. with a uh, um with a, a farming partner um but i'm finding yeah, I'm finding night, they're kind of useful is. in like I'm I'm really cheap with health packs. I just don't like using them at all. Um and so I have a bunch to use for feud and blitz and that's about it. Well so what I what I've been enjoying doing now is using million dollar like the uh, the the daily tours so that at least I can, you know, get those loot boxes in those situations, but then for farming I'm still doing the tough steel combo for speed, for volume rather more so than just speed Yeah yeah,
3: for versus is pivotal like you said, you get so so fast in fact, Nat and I just last night farmed because I wasn't around because memorial day I wasn't around to do it on, on Monday morning, and I think we did it in what was it like? Thirty minutes, net, because <laughs> we had three matches going at once. But still,
0: yeah, it was. That's incredible.
3: That. So yeah. it's versus is tedious and, and, in some cases, not even worth it. But with Million Dollar Man to make it go quicker, it's it's not too bad.
2: Takes a sting out of it. Yeah. Well, I would definitely love to uh, hear the follow up between you two uh, racing uh, in the current setup. Yeah, we'll see, do it. Uh, yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. That'd be pretty awesome uh, my, my money's on that. She's fast.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, she, I used to be faster, you know, <laughs> a damn new phone.
2: <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's awesome. Yeah. I know. Um, uh, new world order, uh, is uh, always has the other side of the debate with, uh, a same million dollar man's faster. And I think coyote, did you, uh, I think you had mentioned in the chat here uh, that you disagree with that. Was that regarding Million Dollar Man over Tough Steel? But uh, it's definitely a good, it's definitely a good debate, um, and I think they kind of serve different purposes. If you're willing to, you know, put up a faction heal or use your health packs, then Million Dollar Man is going to be amazing. Um, if you're cheap with that stuff, like I am, um, Tough Steel, pretty,
0: pretty dang. Cool. Yeah, and I'm super cheap with health packs too. But I think it's also of what you're used to. I mean, um, people were have always been used to Million Dollar Man, so that had him. Mm-hmm. So it would be just a normal to me. I think if I ended up going to Million Dollar Man, I just got him. I haven't upgraded him yet, but I think just he would just become too slow. Sometimes it's what you're used to and comfortable with. You just kind of stick to. So.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely that um i have not actually taken him into superstar Uh, he's a max silver right now um to do any farming um i know he'll get more damage and more health uh, at gold but um you know he's just at that spot that he's great for the like hard mode of lt tours but yeah it's interesting definitely a different different flow to it um So going back to feud a little bit, uh, you've both been obviously very consistent, strong feuders uh, over the past year. So can you talk to us a little bit about the mindset that's needed to put forth that kind of consistent, unrelenting effort of feud after feud?
3: Yeah, well, first and foremost, you got to have the time. (laughs) If you don't have the time to feud, you just, you really can't do anything. That's been my problem lately. I used to be able to go for, you know, if it was a 48-hour feud, I could go for 42 of the 48 hours. And now, you know, just it's not able to work anymore, With especially in the summer now coming up. But uh, the kids having their sports and the wife not wanting me on the phone is just <laughs> – it's cut into my time. But if you do have time, you know, the competitiveness and, and really just wanting everyone to succeed. And, and like Super just said, we feud for each other. Um, just wanting that success for your faction, it's almost like they depend on you to get these high scores. So for me, it's, it's, it's almost like a pressure on me that, you know, okay, I got to score. I got to finish in the top 20 of the feud event or, or I'm a failure. <laughs> um, a lot of times my goal is 10 million. You know, if I can get to 10 million, I'll feel all right with myself. I can get there. in obviously not this last one, but in a normal feud, if I can get to 10 million, I'll be good um it's it's really about for me it's about the competitive edge i just i want creep squad to or grim creepers to be the best i want them to succeed i want everyone to be happy everyone to get these cool rewards and you know basically i feel like if i do my job other people will hopefully look at that and try to push themselves as well and that's kind of uh what i wanted to do in venom you know i kept finishing first all the time and saying hey everyone come on someone catch me someone beat me and it just never happened, it, and it got to a point where the top, like I said, the top twenty were were trying and trying, and the rest of them weren't. But you know, there's a lot, there's a, a lot more that goes into it. And I think the the best person to ask this question would be Nat because of what she does. You know, she has the time, she has the dedication, and uh, she has the joy for it. So feud to me is, you know, I used to love it, and now I hate it. I hate feud <laughs> just because. <laughs> Well, one is you're always fighting with the red ring, and that's the thing that pisses me off. Uh, a bit. Yeah, I get so aggravated when I'm in a match and it goes to the next screen, and I just have to wait and wait and wait. And then I and then I feel the pressure. Okay, now I'm making everyone else wait, and it just drives me nuts. And I know everyone goes through that, but I used to love feud. Um, it, it was really fun when Nat and I would feud together because we would race all the time, and we would, you know, it was really fun. Well, now. And she'll she'll tell you this, too, is I swear to God, the universe is against us feuding together, because every time we try to, we either search for an opponent forever, and then it goes to five minutes and we time out, or we go into it, and especially this last feud, we weren't together for the first, I think, four or five hours, and finally we hooked up and we're like, yeah, let's stick together. And that lasted two feuds, because we're like, screw it, let's just separate Well, what happened was we'd get into a feud and we lost.
1: <laughs> oh,
3: we had lost this entire time, and now we're together. We lost, and we'd get delays, and it's just really, really weird. So we, we've, you know, we connect every now and then, but we used to feud together nonstop, and it was fun. But I swear to God, the universe is against us; they won't let us feud together anymore. Um, but I hate, uh, like Super was saying, I hate when Super jumps into my feud because he's all, he's always got the top roster, and I hate not having the top line. So I always yell at him, I'm like, stop jumping in my feud! <laughs> if you see me in there, stay out! <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Nat will have a, probably a more interesting answer than this, because she has the joy to feud. But, but mine is just, really, is just competitiveness and wanting everyone to do well.
0: I think you need to love to feud. If you don't, it's a, it's a chore. And people don't want to try if it's a chore. It's work. Um, And then I think just always doing your best. You don't know whether that one feud or two feuds is gonna make a difference. So that's the mindset I look at it in Um, and you have to find it fun, which is hard to do, especially when you're on like your 18th hour or something. But you know, we have, if you have a good group of people and you get those little words of encouragement to keep going or you guys are, everybody's doing great you know, keep feuding hard. It it really does help. And if you have a great group of people to feud with as well, and the chat's always going and that kind of thing, and if it's fun, then it's great. Uh, To keep myself going, I I have a routine and it's pretty basic routine, but literally I have my coffees at certain times. I keep the lights on and by the fireplace, Punisher always laughs at me because he goes, it's coffee time. And I'm going, yes, it is so that is if i keep the routine it becomes normal and it's it's uh but yeah yeah you have to love the feud if you don't it's probably not a good thing
2: yeah it's it's hard to, uh it's it's hard like you said after a certain number of hours especially when you're using the same characters and they're turned two and there's no real um variety in it but i would also say yeah the red rings are by far the most annoying because all you want to do is jump into the next match um and I, I i've kind of had that feeling too of it's only been i don't know like three feuds two or three feuds here i've done with execution now and uh the <laughs> punisher i totally get that just the red rings are like i'm not helping right now this sucks yeah
3: exactly it's so oh, so no, one thing that does help me get through it and and you know i don't i don't absolutely hate it i, I hate it because of you know what it is it's just it's just this race to get these higher points and you know everyone always complains about the higher factions cheating so it, it's kind of the whole politics in it and bugs the crap out of me but yeah the red wing the red ring is is the thing but you know what really has gotten me through lately is watching streams while mm, doing yeah them. so yeah. it's kind of nice to see others especially mark i always watch mark stream because he usually always streams during the first you know five hours of feud uh it's nice to see others having to struggle with that too and it's not just you Right. And Mark's the best because he gets so pissed off and it's like, you can channel your anger. <laughs> through him and it's
2: fun to see him go off on the computer and be like,
1: what the hell is taking so long? So oh, no
2: do that. That, that does help. Mark is just really, now that he can't, he's in here listening live, but he can't talk. So this is, pretty fun <laughs> we had him on the podcast more recently but um, my favorite with him because uh, he doesn't post as many of his pull videos much anymore but he did one recently for this uh, Memorial Day pack <laughs> <It was> just... <laughs> and he didn't skip all either he was going through each one and just <laughs> watching that it was like okay well, next time I've... And i and that actually helped me not pull so that was that was a good was, thank you Mark for your service <laughs> but yeah yes, it's yes, um. I just mentioned, you know,
3: I think Mark did talk about this before, but uh, I remember back in Venom when uh, Gerson started streaming. And I uh, I I used to watch Gerson. I've, I've been with Gerson since he very started first streaming and started his channel. And I said to Mark, I said, listen, man, you you have this giant roster. At that point, Mark was doing pull after pull after pull. He was spending a ton of money on all these pulls and he had everybody, you know, he had, at the time, no one had Braun Strowman showboat. He did. And I said, listen, you got to start a channel. He's like, "Ah, I did it a long time ago and I don't want to do it. And I kept bugging him about it. And finally he did it. And now I look at it and it's like, I need his stream to feud. So it's kind of funny that it turned around that way. That's pretty
2: awesome. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's, and also thank both of you for your contributions for gameplay videos, because I remember. Uh, I remember there were several videos that I had watched on his channel that uh, he would thank both of you for for uh, that gameplay, uh, which, you know, it's, uh, I'm really glad that we have, um, you know, Mark and Trolley uh, and, and Copy and, and Brian and a bunch of others doing gameplay videos because uh it's one thing to look at a tier list or look at the guide and kind of figure out how they would play it's another thing to really watch a new character and decide whether that's somebody you want to invest in if they're already in your roster or go for them if they're not on your roster um it's an incredible service to the community
3: it really is yep i agree
0: yeah i find a lot of them like you guys doing the podcast the streamers the people that do the tier list i don't think they get enough credit for the amount of time and work that they do put in. So kudos to everybody that does that.
2: Amen. Got to love the content creators in this game. You guys are the best. Um, well, uh, you know, I this has been uh, this has been fun. It's uh, it's our first reboot of the podcast after um, after uh, the end of the tubement podcast. So uh, we thought it would be fun to have you guys because a we've been talking about having this interview for. For like a couple months at this point um but also a punisher like you said just the the worst part about feuding outside the red rings is uh you know all the politics and and bullshit that goes on around it uh among factions and i just thought it would be cool for the first episode would be us as now uh, relatively newly minted execution guys to interview the so-called rivals can't talk to you guys squad.
0: (laughs) And, you know, because
2: like our goal with this podcast is the same as it's always been. Uh, It's about it's about the people. It's about the people behind the names and realizing that, uh, you know, we all go through a lot of the same things and we all uh, have a lot that we can uh, learn from each other and and understand. Uh, If we seek to understand before we seek to blame, uh, I think uh, the community and the world would be a better place.
3: Yeah, I completely agree if we could uh take all the bashing on social media out i mean like i've said to you many times in the past it's like everyone plays this game to have fun i mean that's really what this is all about um some people are more addicted to it than others but really our end result is to build our rosters and be able to have fun doing it so why why does anyone have to be labeled a cheater i mean why do you have to cheat in the first place at a mobile game (laughs) yeah so I mean, whether you are or not, you know the people that cheat. I mean, there's been a ton of bans going around, so obviously those people were the cheaters. I mean, if you cheat, you're probably going to get caught and you're probably going to get banned. So let's stop throwing bullets around and saying everyone's doing it, and just have fun. You know, it's 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 what this game was meant to be.
2: Yeah, and and also the other thing that I always have to remind myself, uh, in general in life, is um, you know if it may something may seem like a big issue in the present moment we might get all worked up about it emotionally driven about it but if you fast forward a year five years ten years from now and look back how many shits are you going to give about it exactly If it's zero if it's zero if it doesn't affect you then it shouldn't be a big deal right now looking back ten years from now what i'll remember about this game are the conversations that we have yep uh, and and the fun that we had when playing together that's it you know, so if if we start to lose sight of that, uh, you know, I think uh, we're just doing ourselves a disservice. But it's an honor to be able to uh, sit down and have a conversation with you guys and uh, and bring again the human element back into this game. And uh, that was the original mission of this podcast, and it continues to be so rebrand and all.
3: Yeah, you do a, you do an excellent job, and we very much appreciate it.
0: Yes, for sure.
2: All right. Well. With that, appreciate you guys again, and we will see you in episode two.
0: This is the DVO
1: podcast. The DVO podcast is based around the players and culture of the mobile game WWE Champions. If you are interested in watching the gameplay that accompanies this podcast, please visit www.youtube.com/slash. Davy D gaming one. That's D A V E Y D G A M I N G the number one. Also follow me on Twitter at Davy underscore gaming.